Good afternoon. Welcome to the channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Um, a day that we saw some green when it came to the soybean market. We'll take a look at what those soybeans did. One good day for them in the trade. We even, believe it or not, uh, saw some turnaround happening in the cattle market. The question is, can it hold on um, for another trade tomorrow? We'll find out that. But we're also going to dive into an interesting thing that until we had this conversation, I didn't even know it was a issue to this level. We're going to talk a little bit about one bank looking at some higher higher interest rates and what it might mean to agriculture and beyond and how that's going to affect what we see in our industry. Lots to look at today as Brian Split joins us. Brian, of course, is with agmarket.net. And let's first all talk about this soybean market. Nice to see a good, strong day for them. It was, Susan. Um, you know, we started the, the market higher last night. And uh, we just saw buying continue through the remainder of the session, actually making new highs uh, in the last few minutes of the, of the day. So uh, we were able to get back above what was support um, a couple weeks ago, uh, became resistance. So we're back over some of these levels here short term. Uh, and really, it's the interpretation of the Brazilian weather, uh, which is twofold. Some of the rain that was in the forecast did fall, but the totals were, um, quote unquote, disappointing. And um, we have the other problem, which is that rain remains in the forecast for the areas that need it, but it continues to stay in the back end of that forecast. Um, So it's much like this summer when you think about some of the, the forecast for rain domestically, and they were always in that 10 to 15 day window. Uh, but when the time came for that to come to fruition, it just didn't happen. Uh, and then once it did, the market dropped precipitously. But until we really saw the um, the models forecast rain that that fell, uh, we continued to stay relatively strong. So uh, that's the type of, of weather model uh, event that we're in currently in Brazil, where Model Grosso is extremely dry. Uh, they grow, let's call it a, a third of Brazil's soybeans. And um, they have gotten some rain. They're supposed to maybe get some more in the next 72 hours. But, again, all of the rain that uh, has been forecasted in these models, uh, once it comes to, to hit the ground, it's not as much as what's expected. So uh, that, and I think we're seeing some, some spreading today where the funds were buyers of beans and sellers of corn and sellers of wheat. Um, and, and it's not common uh, recently for funds to buy everything on a certain day. Typically, uh, you're going to see beans and wheat move somewhat opposite of each other, and uh, corn day-to-day will try to decide which one it wants to follow. And, it, you know, it just seems like, I mean, we dealt with so much weather, and you and I have had this conversation numerous times here in the States, and it just seems like the markets in general cannot get a weather break. We're dealing with it now in South America and concerns that we're going to deal with again this spring here in the U.S. Right. You know, I talked to several producers today that were just really concerned about how dry it is right now. And so there were some talks that uh, that could push producers back to more of a uh, rotation for their 2024 plantings. Uh, But the flip side of that argument I've also heard is that the field work was done uh, and, and weather was so nice that fall, uh, this fall, that there was a lot of fall application done um, and uh, uh, that those acres are already set to go to corn. So it'll be really interesting to see how the acreage, um, you know, battle works out over the next couple of months. But uh, we, we are definitely, you know, last year in South was Argentina. 
Uh, Argentina looks to be in good shape right now, but we do have this this particular area of Brazil that is seeing um, um, not only the last 30 days, but but even further back, just uh, really uh, less than, than normal rainfall for an extended period of time. And uh, we're hearing some of those acres are being aborted, uh, whether they get replanted to beans and then still go safrina corn afterwards is something that we have to watch out for, uh, or do the, the acres get abandoned uh, and, and then just go straight to corn. Um, and, and so these are all the little dynamics that we're watching here, and we're going to continue to watch for the next 30 to 60 days. Before we, and I want to focus the second half more on what's happening on, in this whole banking issue. So let's look at this cattle complex. Um, last week yeah. was probably one of the biggest struggles we've seen in some time for the way these cattle traded. It's nice to see a Monday kick off with some green, but many folks wonder, is this just another day of a flash in the pan or can we keep the momentum going this week? Yeah, good question. I don't know the answer to it. What I will tell you is that the feeder cattle market has traded um, you know, on this, this break a lot like the move that we had in 2014. Uh, so the extent of that break in 2014 uh, I believe was about 52 bucks in the feeder cattle market. And um, then we we did catch. Um, and so that was a, a move uh, from about 245 down to 193. Okay. And uh, when we, when we finally bottomed out, we had a, a relatively sizable rally uh, that lasted to the tune of about four months. Uh, and that was from that 193 low back up to just under 228. So um, there's room for this market to go up once we feel comfortable we've made a low. Uh, it does feel good to come out of a weekend and see buying instead of selling. Um, the scope of the pullback that we've had thus far from the high, which was just a hair under 258, uh, was down to just under 210. So about a, a $48 move. Uh, again, not to quite the extent that we had uh, in the pullback uh, from 2014 highs to early 2015, but very close. Uh, and I do think that um, something else that's interesting when you look at a feeder cattle continuous chart is that low was made uh, prior to that, that secondary bounce right along the 20-month moving average. Um, the 20-month moving average on feeder cattle currently on the continuous chart is right around the 205.50 area, so maybe another five bucks or four bucks lower than where we went last week. Well, stick around, folks. There's a lot more to come up as we get ready for the second half. It is the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids and the other regional brands, along with Channel Seed, are merging in 2025, and we're ready to up your seed game. Here's Channel Seed professional Dustin O'Hanlon from Lexington. I'm extremely excited about this, to see the focus of taking all 11 brands and moving into one and combining the knowledge that we've got into one brand and bringing every bit of that together so we can have one focus, which is taking care of our growers. For more, contact your local Channel Seed professional. KRVN. Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Brian Split. Of course, Brian is with agmarket.net. So let's talk, you know, I'd heard some rumblings and I hadn't seen a lot of things concrete. But again, then you brought it up in conversation. Uh, Robobank is one that there's a lot of uh, things that might be changing in the regards to to credit, interest rates and, and really what it could mean for agriculture. 
Yeah, so right now um, it's been Rabobank is the one that's been mentioned, um, and they warned that uh, banks will begin raising interest rates for farmers who fail to curb greenhouse gas emissions. Um, so there's a lot of banks that have a net date of 2050 with a lower emission goal set for 2030. So from the bank standpoint, uh, what they're saying is, hey, as a bank, we need to hold capital depending on the risk that our clients represent. And over time, as we get closer to that 2030 deadline, um, clients who are unable or unwilling to transition and improve their carbon footprint will become, uh, for the bank, a higher risk. Um, and so by virtue of that higher risk, they are going to price the uh, the lending rate at a higher interest rate. Now, this isn't just um, Rabobank that is pointing in this direction. There's actually a net zero banking alliance with a coalition of more than 130 banks. And collectively, they hold over 40% of the bank assets worldwide. So you've got Bank of America, Citi, Deutsche Bank, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, UBS, right? Big names. Um, and so in recent years, most of the, these banks have also pledged to get to net zero uh, by or before 2050 with the same 2030 goal of reduced uh, emissions. So, um, you know, I think Rabobank, uh, it's a Dutch bank, it's in the Netherlands, and if you're familiar with what's been going on in, in uh, the farming industry in the Netherlands in general, um, they are making initiatives to uh, lower the amount of uh, beef cattle, uh, dairy cows, um, again, the whole idea of cow farts affecting the um, the atmosphere. Uh, and, and, you know, you've got organizations like the World Economic Forum, which continue to point towards uh, other ways of, of consuming protein. Uh, a lot of that would be um, in the form of bugs, right? So the powers that be really do not want us to eat beef anymore. They want us to eat something that uh, has a lower carbon footprint. Uh, meanwhile, they fly on their private jets to go talk about this in other parts of the world, and they eat their Wagyu steak while they're doing it. But uh, that's neither here nor there. So these are just things that are coming down the pipeline. And, you know, there's credit cards right now, and I think it's a MasterCard where, you know, they, they advertise it as a card that is for the environmentally conscious. So what they do is they track your, uh, your purchases and then they assign a carbon score to those purchases. Um, what is that? Is that a testing ground? Is that something that they're going to be putting into place more across the board down the road where if you hit a certain carbon score for the month, your, your transactions are declined? Uh, we already know that, um, in China, um, you will have transactions declined if you don't have a high enough social credit score. Um, and so these are all just things that, uh, you know, seemed like conspiracy theories several years ago, but, uh, you know, are, are, are coming to reality now. Uh, definitely scary and definitely kind of sets an odd tone that we don't really want to have to have to see, even though we're doing everything in sustainability. How do you see that then kind of working background to possibly affect the way we see these markets trade? Well, I know it's a loaded it's question. Gonna be some, yeah, I mean, there's there's um, implications there, which means that if uh, interest rates continue to go up, and and you know, there's an angle of this too. It's like I, I'd like to think that producers in the U.S. have been good stewards and, and continue to be very good stewards of the land, uh, at least the ones I talk to, and um, I, I don't know 
the emission targets are and, and what work needs to be done to hit the levels that these banks are looking for. Uh, and maybe that's something that requires additional investigation is, is what is it that you want us to do? Uh, but that will raise um, production costs um, that will make it more expensive to grow uh, the same crop that you've grown before, but with an interest rate penalty to it. Uh, so what are the implications? I, I don't know if that's something that reduces uh, production down the road, uh, but we're already having seen implications of what it, it's meant in the Netherlands and, and their own farms. Um, and we've seen other areas where they are um, uh, essentially taking the, the, the farmland away from the producer. Um, so I, I hope that these things don't happen in the future. Lots of good things that we talked about today, Brian. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you guys? Uh, check us out online, www.agmarket.net. Uh, we're going to have a conference in Nashville, February 4th and 5th. We've got a great lineup there. Uh, our website, uh, the information registers on there. If you want to speak to me directly, it's 815-665-0463. Thanks so much, Brian. Again, that is your channel final bell being brought to you by Channel Seed Professionals right here on the Rural Radio Network.